Get your smoke on, I get your chill on. Let's get these conversations on. Crawling on moms and anybody who's living life. The Pop Moms Podcast is here. Talking all things cannabis with a mama twist, like a freshly rolled hemp joint infused with a bit of that, a bit of this. It's all part of the experience of life. Thanks for tuning in. You ready to begin? Then welcome to the PMP. Pop Moms Podcast. The Pop Moms Podcast, it's on The Pop Moms Podcast, it's the Pop Moms Podcast Oh, it's on Hey guys, it's Kate, and this is what I sound like when I am cleaning up the house and I take a uh, kid's balloon that has been sitting around and getting underfoot and um, generally just bothering me for, let's see, this is a four, a year old, four number birthday year old uh, balloon that was Ellison's and her birthday is in December. So it's been hanging around for a minute. And um, so I'm going to inhale the helium and continue my intro. So sometimes it's fun to have fun with these really incredible sound effects. So um, don't be afraid to be silly because my voice sounds incredibly silly starting off this way. And I thought it was an interesting way to go ahead and kind of start the episode. So today we are speaking with Carly Jo and she is the Cannabis Sensuality Coach, um, which even just saying the word sounds sexual, right? Um, the last three episodes, so including this one with Carly Jo, um, the one before it with Molly, and then the one before that um, with Lo from Halo Cannabis, um, we've kind of talked about somewhat sensitive subjects. Um, much like cannabis, um, sex is kind of taboo, um, and especially female pleasure. And I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable for me to talk about, um, and I don't think I'm alone in that. So... Uh, what these episodes have kind of done to me is um, kind of just given me a little bit more confidence in talking about it. And the more I talked about it, the more confident I felt, the less silly I felt. Um, And I think that all of these women have some really great messages. And it's pretty much just ask for what you want. Um, Make sure that you're being open. Take the ego out of the situation um, and really focus on what you're looking to get out of it too. So um, I don't know if that resonates with anyone, but I think it definitely resonated with me. And I feel a little bit more normal. I'm not going to say I feel confident, um, but I definitely feel a little bit more normal in my ability to talk about topics such as this. Um, not only with you, but with you know my partner and, and other people as well. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and inhale the rest of this helium. And I can tell you all about ways to get in touch with us. So go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Pop Moms Podcast. If you have any questions, uh, please email us at potmomspodcast at gmail.com. You can head over to our website, www dot potmomspodcast.com and sign up for our, our email list 
Um, it's a really good way to keep in touch with us, and we're going to have a lot of fun things happening through it. Um, we do um, have an end in sight for this first season, so stay tuned for additional information about this and some really exciting announcements about season two. And remember, keep blazing and stay amazing. Talk to you later, guys. Enjoy this interview with Carly Jo. She's amazing. Turned on women. All right, and away we go. All right. So today we are speaking with Carly Joe, and she is the cannabis sensuality coach. Hello. So, Carly, tell us a little bit about your personal experience that led you to want to help others um, create a higher sense of intimacy with cannabis. Mm, okay. Beautiful. Thank you for having me. So it's this really interesting thing where we know what we know, we know what we don't know, but we don't know what we don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And so I lived the majority of my life not knowing that I was uh, really sexually repressed. I was not, I did not know that I was disconnected from my sexuality. I didn't know that conditioning and programming and imprinting and all of these things were really blocking me from experiencing my sexuality, my sensuality, my pleasure, sensations in general. I would say majority of the sensations that I used to feel. So we're talking um, like I'm a turned on woman. (laughs) So we're talking before that. So before I was a turned on woman. So BTW? Us. (laughs) (laughs) What's W? B-T-O-W, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yep. We'll just call it B-C before Carly. Exactly. Um, So majority of the sensations, I would say 99.9% of the sensations that were felt in my body before being a t- learning to be a turned on woman were stress and anxiety and depression. So this like heaviness feeling, attraction, um, really uncomfortable like how do you describe anxiety in the body like racy you know that kind of feeling like that was what was almost like on autopilot for me and so when it came to it's it's so interesting to even like reflect back on this person because I'm so not this person anymore but it's important to share because so many people, when I share this, can relate. It's anxiety and stress and depression and all of those sensations become just like the norm that we don't know that there's other pleasurable sensations available to us, right? And so when I was, so I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was a casting producer for The Bachelor for 10 years. Oh, that and- must have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, So I transitioned from being a casting producer to becoming a sex coach. (laughs) 
And it's that piece that I feel like it's really what's being like what it the, the transition. So I just knew that I wasn't I wasn't fulfilling my life's purpose as a bachelor. There was something inside of me that was like screaming to be seen and to come out and be played with, but I didn't know exactly what that was. That's that don't know what you don't know thing. And then one day I got asked, um, or one, it really started because um, my my husband and I, back then we were just dating. We have the most beautiful relationship, right? We have a, a foundation built on love, trust, and respect. And the one thing that causes tension in our relationship is sex. And so we were about six months into dating and I was, I'm like head over heels, no, I'm going to marry this man. And I, and then at the time I had no approval for this. I had no approval for uh, talking and openly sharing about sexual struggles or sexuality. And so I only, I only spoke to one person. It was one person, and I was—I remember that conversation. It was so uncomfortable, and I was—I felt so shy, and I was just like, um, "So," and she said, "Oh, okay. There's this woman. You should follow her blog. She talks about all this." So I signed up for the blog. The first email that I received from the blog is introducing my sex, love, and relationship coaching program. I still to this day I cannot tell you exactly why. But I was like, yes, I want this. I didn't even know coaching was a thing. This was like four years ago. Coaching has been around for a very long time. But I didn't know that there was like relationship coaches, sex coaches. I only thought there was like money and business and life coaches, right? Right. I was so drawn to this. I was like, yes, there's something about this. I remember getting on the call with my mom. I remember getting on a call with my, my now husband or talking to my now husband about it. And I was like, this is something. So the first call that I had with them, they... I asked how much about this is sex, sex, love, relationship. Because so I was like, I'm going to be a dating coach. Hello, I did this on The Bachelor for 10 years, right? Right. <laughs> first hand experience of what doesn't work out. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, this will be the easiest transition. Um, I, you know, I, I saw it all. Um, and I was like, how much about this program is about sex? Because that's not what I'm interested in. <laughs> and she was like, oh, it was her first year. She's like, oh, it's not much, it's not much. I was like, okay, great. The program was all about sex. <laughs> oh, of course. You're like, okay. Because everything is about sex. Everything is about sensuality and sexuality. The way that we relate to our body, the way that we give, like, the way that we, like, ability to receive pleasure, the way that we give our, our like, approval for pleasure. Everything is about sex. It, everything correlates. So it was so funny. Um, so to answer your question, um, it's just, it's so important to reflect back on these, on these times where it's like so hilarious to me that I was like so adamantly against the thing that I'm now so, and that's just what they say, right? We resist, we resist, um, what we really need the most, right? Yep. Um, and so it's just so funny, but anyway, so I was I was there. I was, I was there. I was showing up, I was doing the work, but I was having a really hard time. Um, I couldn't, it was just, I couldn't connect to my pleasure. I would start to feel a little bit of pleasure and then I would get kicked out of it. Right. Like I the mind like would send common. me. I feel so like that's common. really common. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it just goes back to like, um, not like receiving. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's, I think it's like a, a defense mechanism as well. It's not, it's not, it's not safe to be in pleasure. You know, it's not okay. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, or even really, expectations too, you know, yeah. like if I then allow myself to feel that, you know, get excited about it. Right. And then if it doesn't happen again, or if something changes or, you know, mm. then that's the, the risk of having that, you know, hypothetically taken away again. Yeah. So real. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent a year. <laughs> I was like, okay, for one year, my intention, every time I went into self-pleasure or sex, I said, my intention is to, is to connect to my pleasure. My intention is to feel my pleasure. And I was just having a really hard time. And then it was right around the time where California decided to legalize uh, cannabis recreationally. So we were in this like really interesting gray area where I was, my cannabis use has been since I was you know, 13. But it wasn't really, I wasn't out there. I was still in the cannabis closet. Again, shame, judgment, conditioning, da, 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 da. I started to go to these women's groups called Cannabis Feminists, where women would, women from all walks of life would sit in a circle, smoke weed, and talk. And I was starting to develop my voice in space. And I was starting to really just give myself approval for my cannabis use. So it's all kind of coming together as we're around the same time. And then I, uh, realizing like how long this answer is. <laughs> no, this is but, great. It gives a lot of insight and it makes it really relatable because I feel like a lot of people have a trouble, they have trouble finding their voice. But I mean, that's like literally how this podcast was formed is I had a good mom that we smoked pot and talked about shit. Like there's so much connection and there's so much like merit within that. I'm just, yeah, you know, happy that you found that too. And I hope everyone can. Good. Okay, so as long as you're entertained by my answer. <laughs> I personally am. And that's all that's that matters. All that, that's all that matters. <laughs> Are you, no, it is. Are you entertained? <laughs> yes or no. Yes, totally. Yeah, yes or no. Okay. Mm. Hit my lots for some pleasure. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. Um, so, it's just so good. I love my story. <laughs> yeah, then tell it. I love hearing it. Don't tell okay. your story. Okay, good. Okay, good. So here I am, still smoking weed recreationally for fun, for play. Um, I knew that that cannabis was, I knew how good sex was when I was consuming cannabis, right? I knew that. But I hadn't put the pieces together yet to create like an intentional ritual around it. So there was, this is the best part of the story. So I went to this business retreat for my sex, love, and relationship coaching. There was no talk about cannabis in this year-long program at all. And then all of a sudden, I start to bring cannabis into my practice. So I was at a point where I was learning Tantra. And I was doing hour-long Tantra practice five days a week. And I was resisting the fuck. Can you say fuck? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> okay, great. I was resisting the fuck out of it. I was giving myself all these excuses for why I don't have to sit there and breathe in my body. Um, hello, <laughs> mirror of my 
sexual distance. But anyway, so I was like, okay, well, what if I, in the middle of the day, you know, 3 p.m., what if I smoked this cannabis with intention of helping me connect to my pleasure? And it was the most in- incredible experience. I had boom, been, right? It was like, <laughs> it was like a pop. I popped, I peaked. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. This is what it's like to be in my body. This is what it's like to have, create pleasure and, and sustain the pleasure, move the pleasure, build the pleasure, expand the pleasure. Like, I'm like, oh, this is what my tantra teacher has been talking about for a year and I thought she was batshit crazy. <laughs> right, right. What Kool-Aid are you drinking and give me some because yeah, that's not thing. working. I just want you to share it. <laughs> I know, we want the solution. We're humans. We just, just give me the solution. I don't actually want to go through the process. But so I was floating. I was literally inside of my Volvo swimming. That's how intense this this experience was I was I was swimming next to flowers and every time I got close to a flower the more that I saw the flower the more like vibrating and and, like the color the more the pleasure I was experiencing in my body I was like this is interesting so that speaks to focus right focusing um so I went on to this group and I just said listen I smoked some weed and did this practice and this is what happened to me don't I gave approval for so many women to to share. Oh my God, yes, I've been doing these practices with weed too. Nobody talks about it. Amazing. I know. So it's really again, you share your stories, and and it, it gives permission. Like I'm giving permission to to anybody, right? So it was this business retreat that I thought, all right, I'm gonna bring a shit ton of weed. These women women are from all over the world. I'm gonna bring a bunch of weed to this this convention or whatever this is called and I'm going to create these women's circles so the first night I had 10 women and I had I I brought a bunch of foria love love me some foria and I had them all because we're we're all sex you know we're in a sex program together so we're all rubbing foria you know on our our you know vulvas and then we're smoking weed and I'm asking them questions and I'm asking them prompts. And then we all got naked and went into this like hot tub because for whatever reason, universe provides, I had one of five suites that allowed you to go into a private hot tub that was open for 24 hours. Oh, that's hours perfect. I know. A security guard came up to us at one point and I got up fully naked and was like, hi, I'm Carly Joe. And like shook his hand and he's like, Hi. <laughs> And he was like, um, he did not comment on the nudity. He did not comment on anything except for, can you guys just lower your voices? Yep. He's like, we don't care what you're doing, how you're doing it. Just keep it down. (laughs) Well, it's because, but the thing is, is that I had so much approval for what I was doing. I was so in my right, not righteousness, but right. I was so in approval for myself being naked and smoking weed and having a good, pleasurable experience. That he, I feel like then I gave him, I gave the whole, it just, you see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. he was just like, he, he was, he was drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> he was like, she has no problems with what she's doing. I don't have problems with what she's doing. Great. Keep it going, ladies. Just keep it down a little bit. The second night I had 20. The third night I had 30. Before the last night of the retreat, I had 50 women. <laughs> wow. Touching our pussies, 
smoking weed, getting naked in the hot tub. And I was like, huh, there's something to this. Mm-hmm. There's something to this. So I had to really heal and look within my own self and give my own self that approval first before I could even start talking about it. And the last thing I'm going to say here, and then I'm, I want to hear all of your reflections and insights and questions, is in my experience, when we are consuming cannabis, it is the sex that we really desire. It's the, it's like the cannabis gives us approval to really get the sex that we really, really desire. So for me and my personal experience, cannabis showed me what was possible. It was still my body. It was my body. So a little bit on this super quickly. Um, I did orgasms. Always, uh, they were just like a sneeze. Yeah. There was a lot of work with very little payoff. And I was, I was okay with that. Yeah, that's bullshit now. But at the time I was okay with that because I didn't, I didn't think I had, I didn't think that it was uh, available to me to have anything more than that. So anyway, through my Tantra and my cannabis and all of that, I am, I am not only multi-orgasmic, I can have uh, cervical orgasms, uh, G-spot orgasms, energy orgasms, Tantra orgasms. Um, my birthday is three days ago. I had seven orgasms. Like, so, so your I, goals is what you're I'm saying. Goals. You are, you are goals. <laughs> like if you're like, I'm a turn on 20 manifestation, 2020 goals. That's it. <laughs> goals. Yes. I thought you were saying gold. I'm like, yeah, I am. Oh gold. no, thank you. That too. That too. <laughs> I That's am a turned on woman. That's really what it is. I was not, and now I am. And now I, I am, oh, I've increased my level of having this, right? So the thing I'm going to say on that is that it was my body. It was my orgasm. Cannabis was not, cannabis didn't, didn't tickle my clit. <laughs> it was me, right? right? Cannabis showed me what was already available and possible for my body. It lifted the veil on the bullshit stories that I had been telling myself since I was a child. I think that that's awesome. I think that you're touching on something really huge too, in terms of like just the idea of permission and giving ourselves permission. I think that um, as women, as, as moms, um, as partners, as friends, we are our own biggest critics. And Mm -hmm. the walls that go up are, in a lot of cases, put there by ourselves. We build them. Oh, for Um, sure. I love the idea of cannabis being something that can help grant permission or lift the veil, so to speak. Um, I think that, like, for me, pot makes things just a little more simple. Like, all of the things that we think about inside of our head. And, like, how we can get so much in our head with daily life, with sex, with how to care for our children, with making dinner. I mean, like... You know, there's so many things to take into account that to kind of be able to tune those voices out and kind of tune into like what we actually want and what we want to get out of this, which is orgasm or children, but you know, either way, um, right. that's just such a huge part is giving yourself permission to have and start building that sexual confidence, um, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm sure that dude didn't say anything to 50 naked women sitting there, you know, stimulating themselves and they weren't they weren't shy. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's something we said about not reacting in a way that 
um, is, is shameful. Like you didn't feel shame there. So he didn't think anything you were doing was, was wrong. You know, yes. and I think that that's a really cool yes. connection that is really hard to give yourself permission, be it, you know, how you spend your time as a mom, the person that you become when you're a mom. I know that like you and I have kind of spoken about we're people before we're moms. And I think a lot of the permission aspect is to still be that person, be that mm-hmm. person that, you know, needs time alone or needs your own space or needs things to not have sticky fingerprints on them or, you know, just, just having that time to be selfish instead of always being selfless. Right. Orgasms go the same way. <laughs> like allowing yeah. yourself, if you have five minutes, you know, and you're in a relationship with your husband, maybe you don't blow him. Maybe you let him just go down on you, you know, and have that be oh. the dynamic instead of thinking you, yeah. like you always have to give before you receive, being able to receive before you give, because it kind of changes the dynamic. It makes it feel less transactional, maybe. You know what's interesting about what you just said? And are you, your listeners mostly women? Uh, you know what? We are split 70-30 men and women. But Good. Well, um, this is great information yeah. for every gender. <laughs> Perfect. So, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. I'm getting I'm, – I'm over the cold, but the cough is still lingering. So this is my personal opinion. I only can speak on my own behalf. It is my personal opinion, and I'm just going to – you know, blanket this with like women have a hard time receiving. Men want to provide. <laughs> yep. It's like, hold on here. <laughs> Men are providers. Men are per- responders. They want to provide. But yet women, most women, a lot of women, and this is what I hear over and over and over again in all of the work I do, is that we, including myself, because I can only speak to things that I, I, I have truth in my own body, right? Mm-hmm. We have a hard time receiving. Yep. <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, there's, there's literally, we do. I, I think that, I think the sooner that we can understand it as less of a weakness and more of a strength to put us in a position to be able to then give, I mean, that's like really, that seems so damn obvious. <laughs> well, I had and some, I had not. a friend re- yeah. And I had a friend reflect to me not long ago. She was like, not everything is commerce. You can just receive. You can start by asking your partner to just grab you a glass of water and then just say thank you. And yeah. not this tit for, tit for tat, you know, tit for tat. No. <laughs> um, but I do, I don't know about anyone else and I don't know about you, but. I was told at a very young age that only 20% of women can orgasm from penetration alone. Yeah. I that definitely so, remember that statistic, oh, which is so deeply ingrained in my brain. Go ahead. And probably not true. <laughs> well, I feel like <laughs> a lot of, a lot more people, that's 80% of the population with a significant amount of uh, limitations for orgasm potentially, or even like, if that's what your mind is saying, well then if it's almost comfortable, that statistic is almost comfortable, right? Because we're like, Oh, well, you know, darn it. I'm not that lucky 20%. Yeah. And I think it's easier to rationalize and to not pursue and to not really kind of look into like, is there things I could be doing to join that, you know, that wonderful golden, let's call it 20%. <laughs> no, it's so true. And there's, I definitely fed into it when I 
started having sex for the first time and did not fit in the statistic. And I was just like, I just gave up. I really did. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's just not me. Leave me. Leave me. And I look at it now. It's interesting. And I know physiologically that we're all designed differently and not everyone is, it's not available. You know, there's some anatomical things that make it so it's not available. So I get that. Um, however, I look at it as like a muscle. So it's like if you've never done a sit-up in your life, you don't know you don't know the strength or you don't have the the uh, the feeling of your abs. Yep. Until until you start to focus and you're like, oh wait, I'm gonna start doing sit-ups and I'm gonna start working my core now. It's kind of the same thing where it's like Sure. For some of us, it's not available. For others, it's just a matter of um, working a muscle you've never worked before. And I have personally worked with many, many women who come to me who say, like, I can't orgasm or I only clitoral orgasm and I want more. And at the end of working with me are able to experience other orgasms. So, And I share the story not to make anyone feel wrong or bad if they're not. Everything I speak is coming from a place of possibility. I, I speak to inspire and motivate that, that so people can feel into themselves like, oh, because no one said this to me and I'm mad about it. I'm mad that no one created that possibility for me. Like, hey, it's, it's possible. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, I don't know. But it's possible. That's it. I like that. And like, so it's kind of like, so speaking about some of the interactions that you've had with women about that, how much of your practice and just like very loose, like, you know, whatever, um, how much is instruction versus like awareness and per permission, like instruction, I guess instruction and maybe awareness might go a little bit more hand in hand, like, hey, this is actually what you're looking to do. And then like, I think that there's so much, the way that we learn and be it through experience or, you know, someone explaining it to us or watching or, you know, being able to visually understand it, um, experiencing it pulls in a lot of those different learning styles. Um, so, like, in your, in your experience, how much is, like, the actual instruction of, like, insert here, touch here versus, like, maybe even just giving the comfortability and confidence with the permission to, to do that? I have to assume that if someone's taking you know, your services, then they want this. <laughs> they're not like, I might yeah. just try this out to see if it, you know, and they're like, nope, I want that. I want that 20%. So. Yeah. Um, my coaching style and my zone of genius is walking people through sexual experiences. So we're not just talking about it. We're experiencing it. It's, it's called somatic, the somatic therapy or somatic experience. So um, there's this desire uh, whatever the desire may be, let's just say my desire. So I had a woman who said, um, I lost my orgasm. That's what she said. And I loved it. Oh. I was like, I was like, what? Because I'm all about creating possibilities, right? So I'm like, okay, great. So I hear you lost your, you think you lost your, um, your orgasm. What if your orgasm has just moved? And there's, there's a possibility that and the fun can be in the discovery of finding where it is. It's like an Easter egg that's been hidden in your body, and we're going to spend the next six months discovering where it is. And it might keep moving on you, and then you get to discover all over again, right? So um, we, there's, there's part of it is like, okay, so what are your beliefs around it? 
what are your um, what are your fears, your insecurities, your uh, limiting beliefs, we call it, right, around your sexuality, your pleasure, your orgasm. So we start there, right? So it's like, it's a, it's a whole mind, body, soul connection. Every, all three of those things online with each other. Um, because if you're, if part of you is not in alignment with you getting your desire, you're not going to get it. It's just, you're not going to get it. If it's, and it's mostly sits in the primal, in the primal brain. If the primal brain is not on board with you having your desire because it's not safe, it's not, you know, you might die if you get your pleasure, like whatever the, the belief is, it's not going to happen. Um, and so it's a, it's, it's a, a, a whole system of getting every part of you online and activated towards having this goal. So what comes up in these sessions are perfect. Then there's an experience of me walking you through self-pleasure in a way that we take 30 to 60 minutes and we slow everything down. You can practice receiving because I'm guiding you. So you don't have to think. You don't have to do. All you have to do is breathe and practice surrendering and receiving my instruction. And we go super, super slow, and we include all of the body. There's this beautiful, um, I'm reading Queen's Code right now, Alison Armstrong, amazing. Everyone should read that book. There's this amazing chapter where she talks about how, you know, we're half human, half spirit, and touch activates. So if we are experiencing our body, through skin on skin, everywhere you touch, you are activating energy. You're activating um, the spirit. You're activating the energy body, we call it. You're activating sensations, pleasure, that kind of stuff, right? So the more that your hands explore your own body, the more that you are activating and turning on different parts of your body which then connect to different parts of the brain it's literally i mean it is science it's, it's creating new neural pathways in your body that sh that lights up your brain and says this is great this is good we're safe we can have this we can have our pleasure and be respected we can have our pleasure and be safe we can have our pleasure and be respected Did i already say that one um i had a friend recently say to me <laughs> it's so good she said, um, not self-pleasuring every day is like asking my husband to push a parked car up a hill. Yeah. Damn! I was like, that is so good. I'm going to quote you on that. Um, she's amazing. <clears throat> and her name is Sherry. She's in Minnesota. But she, it was, it was like, you're so on point here because... I hear a lot of women that say, oh, I have low libido. And, it, and my first question is, great, tell me about your self-pleasure practice, right? It's like we have this conditioning where it's up to our partner. And no matter what gender the partner is, it's up to the partner to get us in our desire, to get us in our turn on. And the more that we actually can practice being in our own pleasure, in our own body. And I always say, I recommend you know, they, they recommend meditating every day for 10 minutes. I recommend meditating with pleasure every day for 10 minutes. And I they like say, it's, 
for productive yeah. moms, that's perfect too. You get two right out of yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. Even though yeah. I would like to say we should look at it less of getting it out of the way and being in the experience. <laughs> exactly. But that's funny though, because you know what? I give so much approval for that. It's like, great. Yep. Get it out of the way. Let, have, let yourself have that mentality for the first five times and then notice what shifts. You're going to notice that you're like, oh my God, I haven't, I haven't done my 10 minutes yet today. Oh my God, I got to go. I got to do this. Like, I have to have this now. It's medicine. Pleasure is medicine. So I just loved that, you know, because I do think we do put a lot of pressure and expectations on sources outside of us to fill up our pleasure. And it really, in my opinion, comes from within. It comes from us first. I, I forgot what we, how we started this conversation, but... <laughs> Me neither. I think we're talking about permission, but I mean, I still like where it went. And I think that, I think, um, like, what's really impactful is like, when you used to talk with people, because I mean, I love that we talk about, as a parent, you have to talk about sex, like the anatomical, you know, connections, right? But um, whenever you talk about an orgasm, be it when you're in college, and you're talking with, you know, friends or high school, or whenever it really happens for you or beyond, you know, um, and like the conversation of like, oh, well, you'll know when you've had one. Like, I just like remember that and just see that being such a like, that's just not fair because that just makes me, you know, like, cool, cool, cool. So where's the, uh, where's the road signs? Where are the exit signs? Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the roadmap? What's the, rather than just like, you know, giving me that, the answer, which is like, oh, well, do you just not want to talk about it? Like, do you know? Like, you just know that you'll know when, or I'll know when, and we'll all know. Like, you know, I think that's funny, the inherent, like, you're just supposed to know how it works versus being like, no, there's like, there's a way to talk about it and become more confident through the experience of it rather than just saying, you'll know, you know, like, okay, well, what will I know? (laughs) That's the worst myth I've ever heard Mm -hmm. is that we, we are all sexual beings. The only reason that we are all on this planet is because somebody had an orgasm. We are made of sexual matter, right? But this idea that we're supposed to just inherently understand pleasure, sex, desire, without ever talking about it, without ever discussing it, that's why we have so much shame around it and why we don't have any approval for it. And it's the biggest myth that I love debunking. It's like, it's like, oh, what's a good, um, it's just like, how do we know things if we don't actively talk about it, research it, experience, experiment with it? Yep. Right? I think that's super true. And I think that that really draws a lot of clarities, like kind of the, to the, to the taboo nature of cannabis too. Um, I mean, not very probably, but I can admit how many times I've thrown up from alcohol on, you know, a lot of hands. I would need more hands. Um, but like that didn't stop me from drinking it. And so it's very interesting when like people say from a sexual experience that, you know, like um, that it has, it didn't work the first time or like with cannabis, they didn't find the right fit. And it's like, totally like, and that's not really, that's not expected. Like, it's something to create a relationship with, to get to know better how it reacts with your body in, in both cases. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that there's a lot of parallel too to draw between human sexuality and pleasure and, and cannabis. Cause um, yeah, I mean, I just, I love the idea of, you know, kind of um, 
looking at, you know, my, the term like my body and how that relates to like when I've smoked cannabis and when I haven't, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's just Mm -hmm. that little, you know, gives you a little oomph to feel a little bit more confident in, you know, bringing something into the bedroom or, mm-hmm. um, you know, thinking of it, it's maybe it's easier to think of as like not your body before you come, before you are totally comfortable with that experience. So I think that there's like a kind of some ways that we can kind of have it work with our minds too, to give ourselves the additional permission if needed. And, and that's, again, I'll say it again, sex on cannabis is really the sex you are desiring. And yep. so if, if, if every single one of us has a unique pathway to pleasure, turn on, and arousal, we are all snowflakes. No two persons' pathway is the same. Yep. So, it, so this idea that, you know, the way that sex is fed to us through the lens of um, predictability, uh, you know, um, arousal, penetration, orgasm. Right. It's, it's very sexual. It's very, um, it's through the lens of like, again, just that like predictability of like, it, it, it just looks like this. And if it's, so if you're not doing it that way, right. Um, I lost myself a little bit in what I was saying. So I'm going to go back. We each have a pathway to turn on arousal and pleasure. Right. So the fun is in the discovery of it for a majority a lot of people, cannabis is that pathway. There's a term, Ashley Monta says, canisexual. She coined a term for it. There are people out there. I am one of them that gets turned on by nature. I was in Bali and literally, not literally, but I had energetic sex with a beautiful luscious waterfall i felt the penetration of the waterfall in my body i'm an ecosexual that's the term for it ecosexual you get turned on by nature cannabis is nature canisexual same thing if your pathway to turn on arousal and pleasure is cannabis celebrate that yeah. Celebrate don't, that you found feel something. Shameful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Celebrate that you found a way in to one of the greatest gifts of being a human. Um, so that from there, that's where we start to talk about, like, you know, um, just being mindful and bringing cannabis in intentionally versus, you know, um, it can become a crutch and it can, it can become habitual. And that's why I just remind you that, the sex that you had on cannabis, the pleasure you felt, the orgasm you had, they were all yours. I don't know how many times I've spoken to women who are obsessed with this one guy that gave her that one orgasm, and they're obsessed with that guy because, again, we, we, like to, we like to look outside of ourselves for things, and it's like that guy did not give you that. You gave your, That was your body. Your body, he, there was something about the two of you, the experience, maybe it was the right candle, maybe it was the right, there was lightning and thunder. I mean, I don't know. Something about that experience created the receptivity and the surrender for you to come into a place of receptivity and surrender to have that orgasm. It, that guy was a part of it, but he's not, he's not the reason you had it. Same with cannabis. Cannabis, right. like, like I said, cannabis was not tickling my clit. <laughs> right, right. And like, give yourself some Like you're credit. using, yeah, for, like like you're using for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. 
that's awesome. Yes. Though. That's really cool. I think, um, I think that just the more that we talk about it and don't feel shame about talking about it. And like, you know, I'm not going to, I think we should demand it, but I'm not telling anyone else that <laughs> they need to be demanding it. But, um, but I love that. I love that, you know, we can all find a way to become turned on women. I mean, that's just like, that in itself is like, you know, I feel like there should be a walk associated with it. Just like super sensual and super like just confident. And I, I love that turned on woman because it just, I don't know, it just, it carries a real like meaning with it. And I think that everyone likes being turned on. (laughs) And yeah, and turn on, being a turned on woman. And I love saying I'm a turned on wife too. Because again, that's another, like, you can't be a, you know, the slut wife you know, turned on wife, like all that kind of stuff, mother thing, right? All this conditioning. Being turned on doesn't mean that I'm, it doesn't necessarily, it's a way of life. It's a way of relating to yourself. Um, being turned on is, is a, it's really magnetic, you know, it's this, it's this vibration and this mag, magnet that others, that they're very attracted to. You know, um, people are, people get lit up around me. People get inspired by me, right? And that's what I really thrive in my life is to inspire and motivate and turn on other people. So it's really, it's a a way of life, right? It's like um, choosing to find pleasure in things that you're doing, even when it might not be the most pleasurable task. Right. It's that I choose to uh, allow myself to connect to my sensations, to connect to my pleasure. I allow myself to really sit down and enjoy this meal I just made. Or um, when you're a turned on woman or turned on person, I should just say, it's really infectious. I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky to be a part of this group in Los Angeles. I call it the turned on tribe it's a group of like 20, 30 women that are all turned on. And it's when we're together, it's infectious and like nothing can stop us. <clears throat> and we, we, we lift each other up. We inspire each other. We are so each other's like number one fan because this feeling that we have in our body, this, this turned on feeling I have, it is, it's so much bigger than me. And there's so much of it to go around. I don't have to hoard. I don't have to keep it to myself. I can spread it to you. I can give you some of this. I can, here, drink some of this. I have plenty. I'm so filled with pleasure and turn on that I can pour it to the whole world. And that is what I really mean by living a turned on life. I love that. That's huge. I mean, and that's so positive too, but it's not stick it in your face positive. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like empowering, which I think is even probably more, I don't know, impactful. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, how can and it, I have my shit? I have my shit. Don't get me wrong. I go into my hole. I go into my same hole. I go into my depression. I go into my, oh, 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 uh, you know, but what I have found, if I can give, I, I feel like there's so much to take away from this conversation. But I could give one thing, touch your pussy every day. Every day. I can make that commitment. <laughs> <laughs> and then just notice what shifts and changes in you. Can I recommend all of my clients 
any woman who wants to, uh, you know, person, this is a person here too, but I find this to be um, really important for women, is 10 minutes a day. Slow it down. Touch your body. You don't even have to touch your vulva. It's okay. You don't need to go there. Because pleasure has as many flavors as ice cream. Pleasure can be restorative. It can be breath. It can be wild. It can be chaotic. It can be sexy. It can be crying. It can be sad. I mean, there's so many different flavors of pleasure. Pleasure can be brushing your hair. So when we say pleasure, I'm not I'm not speaking just to go to the clit or the the you know the orgasm. So spending ten minutes with your body, hand on hand, skin on or skin on skin. I mean, that's it. Ten minutes, and even just like cupping your pussy, just cupping it. That's it. And hair a little attention. Yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I okay. love that. We've got our marching orders. We know what to do yes. now. That's a really easy way. 10 minutes. I mean, I waste 10 minutes very frequently. And I think having that be, I like that, you know, it's also, it's some, it's starting small and it's actually something that you can set yourself up to succeed at versus another long thing, you know, in the list of manifestations, resolutions, whatever you want to call them um, that end up failing. So start small and catch your pussy. Yeah. And that's, you know, uh, Ram Dass says, uh, meditate uh every day for 10 minutes and if you don't have time meditate for an hour yep <laughs> i love that yes. so if you if anyone tells me they don't have time <laughs> i don't have time sit myself for 10 minutes i'm like great touch yourself for an hour <laughs> yep so like actually two just two no <laughs> that's so awesome good. Carly Joe, where can listeners get a hold of you or find out more about what you do? Hmm. So my email address, or no, I'm coming, email address, sorry. My website is carlyjoe.com, C-A-R-L-I-J-O.com. Um, my Instagram is cannabis sensuality coach. I would say those are the two places. Um, I'm very accessible. <laughs> Right. I was very, very accessible. And I love hearing from people. I love hearing what they got out of this, what they learned, what they're committed to. Um, you know, what did I inspire? Uh, what inspired you? Like, I love hearing that stuff. And every time I do a podcast, I always get people messaging me about like, you know, this, that, and the other. And I love it. Um, so message me um, via Instagram or check out my email. All right, Pop yep. Moms podcast listeners, don't disappoint Carly. She said <laughs> she has heard from people in other podcasts. Let's go ahead and, and show her the love and let her know how she's impacting her life. And I'll make sure to give her updates on mine as well. Well, thank you, Carly. This has been super eye-opening. And I think you've really given us a jumping off point to go ahead and bring a little bit more sensuality and a little bit more love to our lives. All right, guys, we've got marching orders. Um, Have the conversation. Feel comfortable talking about it. Um, The power is within you. And if you need a little cannabis to get you going, hey, man, the more power to you. 
Have an awesome day, and we will talk to you soon. We've got episodes um, talking more about the difference between sativa, hybrid, indica, and how we should actually be focusing on the terpenes aspect of it. Um, And then we've got interviews with a bud tender um, who is going to give us some pointers of uh, good ways to have that conversation to get what you're looking for out of it. Um, And Eunice and I will go ahead and tell you our approach. And I'll give you a hint. Mine's a lot more long-winded. All right, guys. Get out there. Keep blazing. Stay amazing. And we'll talk to you soon. PMP out. Super mom. There she is. Doing it all. Looking so beautiful. Hi, mom. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.